Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jerry Petito Show on Remember Then Radio. So, guys, I'm going to really give you a really cool guest today. Um, there's so many levels of this interview itself um, and why we're doing this today, because we're going to have uh, two shows back to back. So stay with me. This show is going to be about 45 minutes, and then we're coming right back. And we'll explain why. So I want to introduce my incredible guest co-host, the one and only RTR DJ, Kenny Kojak himself. How you doing, baby? Welcome to the Jerry Petito Show. <laughs> you are crazy, man. I love you. Who loves you, baby? I want I you. I want you to introduce our incredible star guest. Wow. Wow, it's a privilege and an honor a gentleman who going back to the early 60s and I'm talking about Rick Mango and he was in Jay and the Americans welcome to the uh, Jerry Petito show Rick Mango hey guys thank you so much for having me on this is exciting oh my gosh this is so exciting this is too cool okay yes (laughs) I, this is kind of fun, you know, because uh, I've been around a long time, done a lot of things, and it's kind of funny, but I'll throw this in right now. You know, I, I was always known as Rick Mango of Jay and the Americans. Now I'm known as Carter Rubin's grandfather, Rick. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Well, let me, let, me, let me mention Carter so everyone understands this. So this is Carter Rubin's grandfather, and at 2 p.m., hopefully like maybe 1.50, we will be back with part two of today's show, and that will be with Carter, and Rick will be my guest co-host. How cool is that? That is so cool. I'm so proud of him. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of him. Oh, my gosh. You know, you know, my career was was really great. Uh, like I said, I, I thank Sandy Yaguda for taking me into uh, Jay and the Americans, and I thank Jay for keeping me all those years because we really became like partners, and it was a, a lot of fun. And, you know, I had a great life. Uh, You know, I was, one of my best friends was Maestro and uh, Larry Chance and the Dove Satins. You know, as a matter of fact, when Carter was only seven years old, he opened for me, the Tokens, the the Rascals. He opened for the uh, Dove Satins, Larry Chance and the Arrows. I mean, at seven years old. Wow. It's amazing. said, said to him that day, Little boy, one day the whole world's gonna know your name. And look at this. So when, he, when, he, when he won the voice, Jay called me and said, I told you. I told you. That's crazy. What a great story. It's true. It's true. So, you know, I had a great career. And then after my career came to an end, I I, I always raised money for, family, uh, for uh, autism for over 45 years never thinking that one day I would have a grandson with autism. Oh. So my, my, my daughter Alana and I, we formed this Families in Arms, non-for-profit charity, 501c3. And, uh, you know, we started to help families, you know, that low-income families or situations where we wanted to help them do things more than just, you know, have more memories than just medical and doctor visits. So we decided that we would, find families, you know, through doctors, aides, and, you know, different uh, people to uh, send them uh, uh, to Disney, all expenses paid, you know, so we do that, 
we have a gala every year to raise money. As a matter of fact, we our first gala was 2015, and our goal was to send one family a year, all expenses paid to Disney, with children with autism. That's well, amazing. Six years later, and we've already surprised 16 families. Wow. Wasn't Stan Ziska involved with that organization? Yes. Rocky, uh, it, well, I call him Rocky. You guys call him Stan. Uh, he, yes, very much yes. He's very involved. He performs every single year. He's a big backer of families and arms. He's a, the Dell Satins have helped us in many, many ways. Again, and also used Carter to open up their shows <laughs> at Patrick uh, Theater. So, you know, we try to help as many families as we can. That's beautiful. Oh, my goodness. You gave me chills. Yeah. Well, when I was a little kid, I was lucky. I got to uh, go to uh, – I won a contest when I was a little boy. And uh, I, went, I went to a place called Coliseum Studios on 42nd Street in Broadway. And my coach was Telly Cephalus. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And we became really good friends. And when he went to Hollywood, you know, and became Telly Savalas, um, he kept in touch with me. As a matter of fact, I got great pictures of me in his house in California, and he used to bring me to the set of Kojak all the time. That's crazy. It was, it was a lot of fun. Kojak. Yeah, and I understand he was a, he was a, a, a member, a congregant, at, at a Garden City uh, a church, I believe. Yes, his whole family came from Garden City. Right? I, I remember because I did a benefit for a kid that had cancer, four years old, and I pulled in, and the priest was there, and, and he read my plate, Kojak, and he told me that story, that that uh, Telly Savalas was a, 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 a congregant at the church there. Yeah, he was, and he was really a good guy. I mean, he mm. treated me like gold, even till the day he died, you know, mm. he had contact. So, you know, I had a great life, and now my grandson has taken me to a better place. This is amazing. You know, because I got Jane Americans when I was 15, and Carter won the voice when he was 15. Oh, wow. Right. How crazy. Oh, that is crazy. Oh, my gosh. My first record was Lorraine. I was written for my girlfriend in the fifth grade. (laughs) You know what we should do? Rick, let's do this. Wait, let's do this. Let's play Lorraine. And then you can start this interview with talking from that song till now. Okay. Let's do that, guys. All right, we're going to play Lorraine. I mean, this is beautiful. Say that 
song why don't we start there tell us about that song and and lead into your well, career she was my girlfriend i met her in 19 january 18 1958 and she became my girlfriend that day and that was my written for her and it was um you know my first record and from that i got involved with sandy aguda he managed ricky and the vast cells and we did all the things palisades music Hall. as ricky and the vast cells i did it with tony orlando and I did it with uh, Freddie Boom Boom Cannon. Every, you know, all the guys, everybody who ever did Palisades, I worked with them there for, for uh, Cousin Brucey. And uh, like I said, then I got Jane the Americans, and the, the, the role moved on and on and on and on. And then we did the TV show together, which was phenomenal. And uh, like I said, then I retired and uh, moved on to just working with my my daughter for the foundation. And, you know, that was it. I mean, like I said, I just had a great life, a great time, a great run. No complaints, no regrets. It's beautiful. Kojak? Wow. What What do you remember going back in the early years that you were on stage with that you were like, not shocked, but you were like in, in awe, like, uh, like I was on stage with this, you know, this group or this, Artist. Well, my first United States tour with Jay when I was a kid, uh, we took the Temps, the Top, Smokey Robinson, and the Miracles, and Marvin Gaye. Oh my God! So I was, yeah, I was in awe, and it was the first time um, that when we were down south that I ever experienced, uh, you know, I don't know, segregation. I guess down south. Yes. Uh, we were the only white act, and uh, we ate only in black hotels and. And restaurants. <clears throat> that, there was a book called a, a movie called The Green Book. Yes. Oh, yes. Great, great, great uh, movie. Yes. That's real. That's real. Maestro yeah. did that too. Maestro, uh, you know, they, he was the only white guy in the crest, and everybody else had a problem eating in the same diner, staying in the same hotel. It was so crazy. Sad. So sad. Yeah, because you know, coming from New York, we, we were all in shock. You know what we, I mean? It's, it's, right. It's, you know, I grew up really fast, and I got to tell you a story. I never took a drug. I never smoked pot. I never mm-hmm. drank alcohol. Jay was more like a father. I, when I was 15, he was 22. So he was more, and Sandy too, Yaguda. They were more like our big brother fathers. That, you know, they kept me, they told people, don't, 
no drugs for this kid, no, you know, they tried mm. to, they kind of kept me under their wing. Where did so you live at, where did you live at the time? Valley Stream, Long Island. Oh, okay, so you had to go in, into Bell Harbor to rehearse. I used, to, I used to stay at Sandy's house in Bell Harbor. That's... Mother and father lived over there, so everybody lived over there. I did too. Yeah, and then, yeah. then I, used, I used to go with Sandy Aguda to uh, a bowling alley, Rainbow Lanes on Knapp Street, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Sandy's, Sandy's a really good bowler. So, you know, I mean, I grew up with, with them. It was like, you know, I, I, I became a man being a Jane American. Yeah, well, I went to school. I went to the public school, 114 on 135th Street with Kenny's younger brother, Ronnie, who's in Israel now for many years. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I love growing up there. We had the, you know, when we, when I look back now, I, we had the greatest life ever. I, I mean, these young kids today, I feel mm. bad that they'll never experience the fun and freedom that we had as kids. Mm. You're right about that. You're absolutely right. I grew up in Long Island City, New York, and I, re, you know, whenever I think about it in my childhood, I just get these great, beautiful, warm feelings because it was the best. It was the greatest. True, it was. You know, uh, I used to take my girlfriend Lorraine. <laughs> I was I was 14, 15, She was fourteen. We would take the bus to Jamaica, mm. the hundred sixty eighth Street, and we yeah, get yeah. on the E Eighth Avenue subway, and we'd go to Manhattan. We were thirteen, fourteen years old, fifteen years old. It was crazy. We'd wow. spend the day in Manhattan. Now you can't go off your block. Wow. Definitely, I remember. I remember uh, Valley Stream. I remember when that steak pub was built, Cookie Steak Pub. Sure. Right, and and did you ever go to Wetson's on Sunrise Highway? Sun, that, I worked in Wetson's on Sunrise Highway, the border of Limbrook. Right. I was in high school. It was part <laughs> of my work career. Wow, that's unbelievable. <laughs> so, Crazy. let's yeah. play another song, okay? I want to play from Jay and the Americans. Come a little bit closer and then you can tell us all about this. Here we go, guys. In a little cafe, just the other side of the border. So 
cafe was empty Then I heard Jose say, man, you know you're in trouble plenty So I dropped my drink from my hand And through the window I ran And as I rode away, I could hear her say to Jose yeah. Come a little bit closer, you're my kind of man So big and so strong This is one of those songs that whenever anyone hears it, they smile and giggle and dance. Oh yeah, it's it's a it's a real it's a real party pleaser, a real crowd pleaser. So talk about it. Tell us, tell us a little bit about this, Jay and the Americans. Come on, baby. Well, when I got Jay and the Americans, they had just they were coming off of uh, with with Jay Black. They were coming off of, of a hit only in America, and so. When I first got in the group, I had the first two songs I had to learn was She Cried and Only in America. So we were doing the, the Brooklyn Fox and Murray, you know, gives you the roster and you're going to, you guys are going to do uh, She Cried and Only in America. And Jay said, I don't want to do Only in America. That's coming off the charts, but we have a song coming out called Come a Little Bit Closer. I'd rather do that to promote it. And uh, Murray gave him a little bit of grief, but, you know, Jay was very persuasive guy. And uh, we did it, and the crowd went crazy. And, I mean, then that, that song was a monster. It was a great hit. We had a lot of fun with it. Written by a good friend of mine, Wes Farrell. Um, right, right, and Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart. Yeah. yeah. So And Artie, so Artie Rip was the producer, and it was a number three Billboard charted hit on November what? November twenty first, nineteen sixty four. Look at you. That's why you're. That's why he. Yes. Then that's why. Listen, I laugh. I always say this, Rick. When we do shows together, I'm the more like, yeah, this is so cool, yay, and he'll give you the dates, the times. (laughs) Yeah. As a matter of fact, Artie Artie Rip was a really, really good friend. Really good. Mm. I go to his house in L.A. I was involved with him when he was involved with Billy Joel. Yeah, well, he goes back to to the hit Paul, the Paul Anka hit with Diana. Uh huh. Artie was a crazy guy. Did you know Artie? No, I didn't know. I just know a little bit about him. He was about five foot five, and he was as skinny as a a, a, a thermometer. But he was a crazy man. You know, there's crazy men and crazy women. Michael Diamore told me. I love it. And Michael's just as crazy, man. He's listening. You know, he's listening. He's probably driving because he can't be in the chat room, but he loves you. He loves your family. And yes. So, oh, you know, and I didn't even know that when I reached out to you, I took a chance on reaching out to you and you responded. I was like, yes. When I told Michael, he was like, Hey, they're my family, man. over the years through my career to, to meet and, and, and take on really great people that, are, you know, uh, Stan Ziska, you know, when I was a little kid, I opened for the, Ricky and the Vassals opened for the Del Satins. Mm. Well, I was like 14 years old and, uh, I used to, I opened for them. Ricky and the Vassals opened for the Del Satins 
And when his show was on, I would sit in the front row with a pencil and paper and write down everything Rocky, well, I call him Rocky, everything Stan did, I would write down and I would learn from it. You know, I liked he did this. I didn't like that he did that. I, and I formed my, my personality on stage is, is a combination of Jay Black, Johnny Maestro, and Stan Ziska. It's amazing. Wow. Well, I just wanted to mention that in 2017, Come a Little Bit Closer was featured on in a, in a film called Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I know. I, I got that text from uh, uh, people who saw it. You know, they, did you know to come a little bit closer in this movie? Well, I have a question for you. You know, you are on RTR, the Jerry Petito show here. Me and Kenny Kojak, baby. I want to put you on the spot a little bit. I love doing that. Come a little bit closer. Can you give us a couple acapella lines, baby? Look at you. Look at you. Come I'm on. 75. <laughs> you would. We wouldn't know it. Come on, baby. In a little cafe, just the other side of the border. She was a sitting there giving me looks. It made my mouth water. So I started walking her way. How's that? Oh my gosh. Okay, you heard it here, guys. <laughs> right here on the Jerry Petito Show. Remember then radio. Rick Mango. Yes. That was amazing. That was amazing. I love when you do that, Ken. That <laughs> Listen. That is so great. Kenny Kojak, baby. You guys are nuts. Listen, you're amazing. I love the fact that you guys are keeping our music alive. That, you know, it's the it was the greatest era of music ever. Yep. And, you know, as I get older, I appreciate more and more that I was, God gave me enough, you know, to, to be involved in that, that era with music. Well, wait, wait, Kojak. Do you know, you know, Jay uh, Trainer. Of course. Yeah, he's still had a, he's still the I end. With, I worked with him many times when he was in the Tokens. Yes, great guy. What a voice. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, he was a good guy. I want to. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Jerry, your turn. No, 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 no. I I want to say something before I forget. Um, I want to give a shout out to Remember Then Radio because of what Rick said about keeping the music alive. And I want to thank, of course, Stevie and Angel for this incredible platform um, because we are keeping the music alive through Remember Then Radio. And it's, it's absolutely amazing. And especially this past year with everything, everyone being on lockdown, they've loved all you musicians. You guys are also essential. And I want to say thank you to every musician and DJ out there. I'm, I'm just a talk show host. I'm not a DJ. So I'm talking about the people who played the music, the people who sang the music and RTR. I, I just had to say that because you're right, Rick. The, keeping this music alive, it was the greatest of the greatest ever. I always say I was born too late because I'm 60. I was born in 61. And I laugh and say I would have been a hippie with long hair uh, and a poodle skirt and a leather jacket. That would have been me, okay? <laughs> oh, my God. I have shoes older than you. Okay? You're amazing. You're absolutely you know amazing. What? Today's a special day. I, I, I love the fact that I'm doing this show. It's a special day also because my granddaughter, Ricky Marie... Ricky's 21 years old today. Oh, right. Happy birthday. Yes, yeah. Ricky. Yes. <laughs> That's beautiful. A big birthday. My, grand, 
granddaughter was named after me. Her name is Ricky. That is so oh. nice. Oh, yeah, how beautiful. Facebook. Beautiful. Did you? Yeah, of course. I said happy I birthday saying. too, but I, I didn't even realize it was actually today. Beautiful. Yeah, today. Carter sang happy birthday to her here in Florida the other day, and it was so much fun. You know, we might put him on the spot to sing to his sister today. Honey, honey. That's the only thing that keeps us together. That's how I know whose birthday it is today, because Facebook tells us whose birthday it is. That's right. You know, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm try, I try very hard because I, my, I get frustrated sometimes because I'm so tired of the politics and yeah, no, no. You know, I, I, I wish people would just be happy sharing music and and good times and fun things to talk about. You know. You're right. Ricky, you are, you are so so right. Whenever I see anything involving uh, politics, I just scroll right down. Me I don't too. Want to even see it. Me too. Yeah. I, me too. Yeah. Me three. Yep. Yep. No good. So, Rick, um, tell us something really cool or interesting or whatever about your career that people may or may not know. Well, I think the coolest thing about my career is that I got to live an incredible life doing what I love to do, uh, being in one of the most famous groups in the country. Uh, then I owned a company called Rick Mango Orchestras where you know, I had 10 bands. As a matter of fact, Johnny Maestro used to work for me. <sighs> and, or, you know, I would put on big dinner shows and I would hire Larry Chance and I would Harry, get, hire Gary Bonds. And, you know, <sighs> I used to do these big, uh, you know, annual dinner dances and stuff. And uh, I think if I could thank, you know, one thing, I, I, I would thank God that I, I was given this gift to, to, to use to make people happy. Beautifully said. You know, I got to interview um, Marty Cooper Smith. I got to interview Kenny Vance. And, you know, before I interviewed Marty, I never realized there were three J's. You know, again, I was born too late. I just remember all the great music. So all this interesting info, I mean, I just love interviewing everyone and hearing about everything that went on. And it just blows my mind. But it's such great info. It, you know what? The unfortunate part about it is I just read an article that said uh, that uh, the, the great thing that happened, it was on a Jay Black uh, fan who writes stuff, you know, how Jay Black's grandson Carter won The Voice. <laughs> <gasps> so I, I kind of like wrote back and said, uh, wrong grandpa. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Aw. But what a oh, proud yeah, grandpa. The voices of all time. I mean, you're 25 years old and you're singing Caramia and that song's going to be around forever. That's right. Not only that, you know, till the day he retired, he sang Caramia in the same key, key of C. That's crazy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Right. 44 years being sold out at Westbury Music Fair, not a seat empty for 44 years because I remember his birthday is always in the, in the beginning of November, so that's when yeah. the place was... Packed in Westbury right. music. We did that show every single year. His birthday, his on his birthday. Yeah, uh, without so, any time. We loved it. Well, I like I said, you know, I, I was lucky because he would also. You saw the shows. He would always pull me forward. I would do "Let It Be Me" with him, and then mm. he would pull me forward to do "Proud to Be an American." So I had a lot of, you know, high spots with uh, Jay for many, many, many years. And people, the listeners out there, you have to go into YouTube and you got to see it. 
punch it in, Rick Mango and Jay Black singing Let It Be Me, and you'll see it, you'll hear it. It's just wonderful. Yeah, thanks. It was, you know, a great run. Uh, I'm, you know, I was lucky in so many ways. I got great kids. I'm married 54 years, but we're together since 58. She's been my girlfriend since fifth grade. Wow. So I, I was lucky because I couldn't live without this girl. So wait, I have to ask you, okay, real quick. Um, so you've been with this woman since fifth grade. Correct. You had a girlfriend before that name, Lorraine? No, actually, my girlfriend's before that. I don't even remember their names. So. Oh, okay. Because I'm like, how old were you? All right. We have a question from Babalu. Hello, Babalu. Hello, everyone in the chat room. Mike the Baron, Diane, Carol, love you all. Um, Babalu is always front and center in chat room, and he has a question. He wants to know, did you know Big Jim in Oceanside, he and the junkyard by the railroad? Oh, see, we could have made a really good story up right now and, and gave Babalu yeah, all this. I, I, <laughs> you know, yeah, and, and believe me when I tell you, there were so many things, especially Oceanside. I was always in Oceanside and Long Beach. I mean, it was where I hung out. So is it a possibility that I don't remember this, but it could have happened? Yes, it's possible. Okay. Oh, so you're familiar with Oceanside. You went to Nathan's then, right? Yeah, I used to, I, I ride, I've been riding a motorcycle since, uh, as a matter of fact, that's the whole thing about the, the Shadow Morton, you know, he, the call me the leader of the pack, mm. he, he, he gave me my first Harley Davidson, and on the tank of the motorcycle, he wrote, to the leader of the pack, love Shadow, he gave me my first Harley. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I wish I had that motorcycle now. It's probably worth a lot of money with that. <laughs> if we only knew what we knew then, right? Yes, I agree. Are you kidding me? Sure. I agree. Oh, my goodness. Craziness. So, um, you know, we have a good 15 minutes left. I do have one more song in queue. I'm hoping to get to play it. Do you want to talk about something else that's, like, really interesting? Or do you want Kojak to hit you with a question? You, know, you guys can ask some questions. I pretty much told you everything I've done. All right. So, Kojak, would you like to ask him a question and then I'll play this next song? Okay. So, all right. So, what are, okay, after Jane and the Americans, did you, did you work solo? Did you do solo acts or you just involved with wedding bands? No, actually, when, when I, I also, for many, many, many years, even when I was in Jane and the Americans, I was a studio musician. And I worked a lot for Wes Farrell. So I played guitar on the Partridge Family Records, Neil Sinatra, Paul Anka. I I played guitar on the Stay Stay album for the Four Seasons. I was a studio guy. That's cool. So you you obviously knew Trade Martin. Sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah, That's cool. I had him uh, as a guest of mine uh, a couple of months ago. He's very... uh, you know, you, you don't realize, the, you know, the, the, the background of these people and how many records they played on. Oh, yeah, I played on a lot of hit records. I did all the council stuff. Um, again, a Partridge Family. Uh, uh, my favorite, I, I got to be honest, my favorite uh, person that I ever recorded with was, I was fascinated by the Everly Brothers. Oh, wow, yeah, great I, harmony. Uh, yeah, but I played second guitar to Don Everly. Bill Everly pretty much stayed in the control booth. So it, to work with Don was just too much. Wow. 
it was phenomenal. They blew my mind, you know? Amazing. Wow, wow. Amazing. And, and then, you know, talking about songwriters, you know, I, I automatically think of Carole King and Jerry Goffin when I think of Everly Brothers crying in the rain. Yeah. And so many, I mean, so many songs come out of Don Kirshner's and Al Nevin's building there on 1650 Broadway. It's amazing when you think about you know, and the actor and you know, all these guys sitting next to each other, you know, uh, while <laughs> and man, and they're putting out number one hits all the time. It's something unbelievable. It's amazing. As a matter of fact, 1650 Broadway, we used to refer to that in the 60s as a Kama Sutra building. <laughs> right. that's, that's what Kama Sutra was. And Kama Sutra, before it became Buddha, the very first artist that was ever on um, Kama Sutra was the number was zero 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 seven, uh, and that was Ricky and the Vassells. Wow. And then I also played guitar. I did a couple of sessions with uh, the Loving Spoonful when they were when they were on uh, Kamasutra. Wow! Wow! I was. I'm telling you, I loved. I had a great life. I loved every day. Of, was you know, and uh, some of the greatest highlights of my career though came had nothing to do with, you know, awards or show business, a plaque or a gold record. Mm. Um, there was a young little girl who was, she used to come to all the concerts in Long Beach that I sang at. Mm. She was having a serious brain operation. Mm. And they asked her if she could have anything when she comes out of the operation, what would she like? And she said, I would like to have Rick Mango standing next to my bed. Oh. Wow. This is a, a girl is t 10 years old. It's beautiful. She used to wear a shirt called a man. She was a mangoette. <laughs> oh, that would have been and me I with told, Elvis. <laughs> and I told I told her parents, that, I mean, and and the, the interview is, I'll do it if there's no radio, no television, no newspaper coverage. I'll be in the hospital. It's beautiful. And when she woke up, she said, "I knew God would send you." It's beautiful. Yeah, a lot of good concerts on the beach here Beautiful. in Long Beach. You know, oh Rick, I want to tell you, Michael D. Moore did make it in the chat room. He's in there. We gave you a shout out, Michael. I love there you. There he is. So, guys, we're coming to the close of the show because this one was going to be a shorter show because, um, in about the real stars coming on. no, 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 in about. 10, 12 minutes or whatever, I will be back. And Rick Mango will be my guest co-host, guys, with Carter, his grandson. Okay, the winner of The Voice, Carter Rubin. But I want to say my thank yous to both of you, first of all. Okay, Kojak, you know how I feel about you. Who loves you, baby? Thank you, thank you for another great uh, guest co-host appearance on the Jerry Petito Show on Remember Then Radio. And Rick Mango. <laughs> Tell everyone that when your show is. My show is called the Ken Kojak 60s Jukebox Review. It's every Monday from 8 to 11 p.m. And I uh, had Lala Brooks last Monday. This, this Monday I have Jimmy Russo. Woo! And, of course, Rick Mango. What can I say, baby? Listen. You responded to me, my request. Not only did I get the interview with your grandson, I got it with you as well. And you, to wow. me, are also a legend. So I want to thank you for today. I want to thank you for what you've done for the music industry. And I love you. Well, I, I appreciate it. I love Ken. He knows that. And now, thank you. Uh, now I love you. All right. So, like I said, 
I didn't know anything about you, but Michael Diamore, Diamore said, she's crazy, but Rick, she, you're going to love her. <laughs> oh, yeah, Michael's the best. There you go. He's a good, he's a good guy. He is a big supporter of families and arms. He, he flew from Florida to New York just to appear at my fundraiser. You know what? I'm going to say this then. I'm going to say this live. He's going to get mad at me. It's okay. Since we're all giving Michael so much love, I'm going to say what I always say about Michael that I've never, ever said about another singer except Elvis. I always put my hand way up high and say, here's Elvis. And right under it, I put my other hand and I say, here's Michael. And I mean that. And I mean that. I mean that. So, all right. So what we're going to do is we're going to close out with this magic moment. Okay? And this is... Yep, guy, talk about it real quick. Yep, because this is you singing live. Okay, this magic moment was my favorite song I ever did with Jay. Uh, and when we recorded it, every sound check at Westbury, every sound check, Jay never did his sound check. I did his sound check. <laughs> and I always sound checked his microphone to magic moment. Yeah. I want to say one thing. It's Charlie Thomas's birthday today. He's 84 from the Drifters. <gasps> Happy birthday oh, wow. to Charlie. Oh, wow. All right, yeah. guys. So here we Happy go. Birthday, Happy birthday. Yeah. Here we go, guys. Rick Mango, this magic moment. And guys, we will be back in in about 10 minutes with his grandson, Carter. Here we go, guys. Woo! You know, a lot of people here, I'm, I, I'm, doing, I'm doing too much talking already, but it's my last night, what are they going to do, fire me? <laughs> so, here's the way I look at it. As a little kid in Valley Stream, yeah, a lot of my classmates are here. I was in a group in the late 50s, early 60s called Ricky and the Vassells. And, uh, yes, and I, I, was, I went to Shore Avenue School, and then Memorial, and then Central High School. A lot of my friends are here, but... Two of the original members of the Ricky and the Vassells. Now, you gotta understand something. These are old guys now. <laughs> are here tonight. We have Joey Deucich right here. Stand up, Joey. And Paul Brinko. Where's Paul Brinko? Paul is right there. Two original members of Ricky and the Vassells. Everybody else is dead. It's really but then I got, I was very lucky, and at 15 years old, I got Jay and the Americans, which was great. And, now, no, you don't have to applaud, he gets enough applause already. So, Jay's here tonight, and uh, he's right here, Jay Black is right there. Stand up, Jay, come on. music fair was because I was in Jay and the Americans and we brought my mother out of the hospital she was very ill and she said I want to see you at Westbury so Jay had arranged for her to be brought here by ambulance and uh, you know this is a guy who come he stands under these he's the only guy who ever sold out Westbury 40 consecutive times but you know there's a and I want to do this because it's a matter of record. People get confused. Somebody called me up, one of my friends from the ranches, and said, Rick, you're going to be at the Three Village Theater in Port Jefferson. I said, no. He said, well, says Jay and the Americans. If you see Jay and the Americans, it's not us. It's the guys who bought the name. I don't know. You have to see Jay Black and Rick Mango. 
No, not yet. But that's what it is. So listen, he's going to be 74 years old in November. November 3rd, he's going to be here on his birthday. So please, come down and watch. You want to see a magical moment? I came on stage to do a song that uh, I sang behind Jay a million times, but I'm not going to bother him to come up and sing. Oh, oh man. Let me explain before you don't kill the messenger. <laughs> we have, he's here and so many of my other celebrity friends and I promised them that I would not bother them to come up and sing. No, well then they can finish the show, I could do no more songs. Because then Michael's going to go, come on Rick, get off the goddamn stage. I just wanted you to know that they're here and we're not going to bother them. But I sang this song behind Jay for 50 years, almost 50 years. <laughs> 